What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church, and we are ready for part five of Relationships Are Awesome. It's been an awesome series. My wife and I have really enjoyed um, just teaching this and preparing for it um, each weekend. And so I hope today really speaks to you. What what we're going to do today is just go through some questions. Um, they're pretty long, so we'll see um, for our online service how we can get them up on the screens in a, in a way that works because they're just pretty long here. Um, and uh, it's like a lot of words. So so anyway, um, I'll be clear with them. And as we navigate them, share some verses. And really what we talk about today is just the importance of relationships, just the importance of them and just how we navigate them. And maybe just generally today's more of a just about friendship that we can apply to kind of any part of life. Um, in person as well, we're going to be doing Q&A. We're going to be sharing these questions, but also fielding questions live in person, which will be nice just to get some fresh questions in the moment that my wife and I will try to answer the best we can. And so let's pray here and jump into this. Um, Father, we thank you for this word and uh, we pray that, Lord, we just get some tools on how to navigate relationships. And uh, Lord, thank you for this, that we can see in your word um, just some, some rich treasures um, uh, concerning how to navigate relationships with people. And so Holy Spirit, speak to us and lead and guide us through this moment together. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. All right, let's jump right in. So uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26 reads, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, uh, the righteous should choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. All right, so there we go. I'm going to read it one more time. The righteous should choose, choose his friends carefully. The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. And so it's saying here to choose wisely, choose carefully. And it's also saying choose. And so um, we can't just be passive if we want friends. You know, if, you know, he who has friends shows himself friendly. And so uh, this is, it's going to require something of us at times. It's going to require us to kind of just step out there, uh, be brave, you know, and, and, and go for it because, um, you know, friendships don't happen because we sit around and hope that God sends them. Um, and God does do that at times or, you know, and things can happen in that way. But right here, it's speaking of choosing that we're actually choosing, choosing carefully, but choosing nonetheless. And so here we go. Here, here's the first question. Uh, why make the effort in building relationships when we know that we're going to get hurt eventually? Why make the effort in building relationships when we know that we're going to get hurt eventually or hurt in some way? Um, I think that's a good question because it is a reality that people just hurt people and relationships can be painful. Um, every relationship in some way, you're going to get hurt in some way. And I think we just need to not just excuse 
um, abuse and say, well, they're my friend, you know, or excuse something that's just extremely unhealthy, abusive, manipulative, and just destructive. Okay, so those those relationships um, need to potentially absolutely end and have strong boundaries, okay? But I'm even talking about people that generally love you and care about you. I'm talking about maybe your spouse or your best friend or your brother and sister, family members that you do truly love each other. And um, there is a mutual love there, a care, a genuine love and care and concern for you. But even in those, those people, even if it's unbeknownst to them, um, will hurt you in some way at some point um, because um, they are human, right? And so, so why though? Why make the effort? Here we go. I'm just going to give you some practical things here. I think we could probably preach on this for days, but um, I just, some of our answer here is just, maybe it's simple, um, hopefully not too simple, but I believe that it applies. Um, and here's the thing, um, why do it? Even with, with those that are, there, there's, there's goodwill. This is the assumption with this question, that there's goodwill, that this is a good relationship, right? Or this is, has the potential to be a healthy one. Um, and the answer to this is you, you, you need people and they need you. And so it's not always perfect and easy, but why do it? Because people need you and you need people, all right? In the midst of the, the hurt that relationships cause, they also bring great fulfillment and healing and, and opportunity and enjoyment and spiritual growth. Like there, I believe this with all of my heart, that healthy people with goodwill towards you, the benefits of being in a relationship with them far exceeds the negatives that come with relationships. Uh, I hope I can get an amen out there today. Uh, here's, an, here's another way to say it. People are worth it. Why do this? Because people are worth it. Um, they're worth it. Uh, Jesus died for people and he's called us to be in relationship with them. Here's, here's another way to answer it. Uh, Jesus can heal you. <laughs> All right. So you got Jesus, you have the Lord and um, do relationships come with hurt? Yes. But can Jesus heal you? Yes. Can you learn? Can you get more wise? Yes. Um, and so, yes, Jesus can heal you, right? Um, and why get in relationships knowing that negatives will happen and it's not gonna just work out all perfectly, all right, all the time? Why? Because there is no other way to live a healthy life. Meaning um, life is about having relationships with people in some context. And so there's no other way to live. And so does it come with its hurts and pains and trials and tribulations and tears? Yes. Um, but is it worth it? Yes. Are people worth it? Yes. Will Jesus heal you? Yes. And there is no other way to live a healthy life. All right. Somebody say amen. All right. Here's the next question. Um, what's the importance of diversity in relationships? I think this is a good question. Like, what's the importance of having diversity? And I don't just mean ethnic per se, uh, ethnic or nationality or um, culture, like as far as ethnic culture, um, although that is, uh, can, that can apply. It could be socioeconomic. 
It could even be diversity in the sense of just having relationships with people um, just that aren't even in the faith, but you have a relationship with this person. There's a relationship. There's maybe history and, and all that. Um, and, you know, and, and they're not pulling you away from the Lord. And stuff. But the, here's the question once again. Um, what's the importance of diversity relations? And so whatever diversity we're talking about, um, it could be anything. It could be anything, really. And you got to know kind of where you're at in the Lord. I know sometimes some people are like, you know, um, really strong with not having relations with people that are living some kind of way or in some type of sin. And I believe that applies. This is kind of like a gray area because one person, for instance, one believer walking with the Lord could have a relationship with somebody that's that that's that's an alcoholic or a drug addict, right? And that relationship has boundaries, right? There's there's context. Maybe that person works with them, or you know what I mean. It's not it's not like they're that person that's in addiction is pulling this other person away. It's like it's like a like a ministry to that person. That person's just kind of ministering to them and just there for them. You know, and so that could very well be a divine setup, an appointment for for both of those people in some way, right? But then you might have somebody else that's come out of addiction, fresh out of addiction, and they they've been sober for two weeks. It's like, you know, I can understand why that person is going to have to set some boundaries with those people they were running with that were in their addiction and and, and all that, you know. So. Once again, kind of a gray area when it comes to where people are in their faith or not in faith at all. And I get the context of not being equally yoked with unbeliever, unequally yoked with unbelievers, you know, and I, I get that context. But that does, being, not being yoked with unbelievers doesn't mean that you don't have relationships with people that don't know Jesus. That word, that language there in Corinthians concerning being unequally yoked is that 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 person is pulling you the wrong direction, that, 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 that you are yoked to that person. You can be in a relationship with somebody without being yoked to them, tied to them, connected to them, to where they're choking you, your spiritual life, the spiritual life out of you. Okay, but here it's one, one more time. I'm gonna say it one more time. We're gonna answer this. But what's the importance of diversity in relationships? And we'll answer it this way. Uh, because we all are in our own proverbial bubble at times. And and um, bubble meaning we all are in some type of homogenized environment. You know, homogenized meaning all the same. There's like sameness. And so any environment can get that way and become that way. And it's just the nature of life and everything. And 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 so we need we need diversity in our relationship. We need to we need to mix it up, if you will. Like if you even just look at the disciples that Jesus chose. I mean, he chose these guys that were kind of uh, appear to be more on the they were zealots per se. They were on this more aggressive kind of you know we we need to take down the Roman the Roman Empire, you know. And then you had like Matthew, a tax collector. Um, you know, and so even in the early church, the book of Acts, you know, you got, you got these guys that were walking with Jesus, like Peter and James. And then you got this guy that was literally, uh, killing Christians and, and, you know, calls him into the ministry and he's a part of the church. And, 
So you just see in just the disciples alone and kind of early church and what God was doing and how he was sending Jews to go connect with Gentiles and like minister to them. And just then the church is like, whoa, why are you hanging out with them, talking to them? And so God has a heart for all people. And so in our relationships, it, it, it is important that that we're conscious of this, that diversity, diversity matters. And I think it's just, I mean, if I were to, as a father and with, with my kids, this is something I want them to consciously be aware of, that this is so important to, to that, you know, just diversity. Um, I think it does something to us in a good way. It, it kind of can help develop us, open up our minds to, to other people's perspectives and just we're not just kind of locked into this thing of oneness when it comes to culture and people and and different people from different backgrounds. It's so healthy uh, for us to just be aware, kind of can broaden our awareness of this world. Right. And so, uh, you know, we need to we need to we need to bust those bubbles we're in at times and sometimes those have to be done very proactively or sometimes it just kind of happens based on maybe a new job we get, a new opportunity, we move to a different region. Sometimes even just moving out of the geography you grew up in can be so helpful to your own development and growth. You know, you got people that grow up in a certain neighborhood, just like I think everybody grows up in a neighborhood to some degree, but where then they go to the military and they start to travel the world. And even in the in the kind of in the context of the military, it's pretty pretty kind of, uh, it's very ordered and kind of they're doing their thing, but just being out of the country, sometimes even just getting on a plane and going somewhere and living overseas or whatever, it just can kind of help broaden the view, this person's view and just kind of see that, oh, there's more out here than my little bubble I've been in, okay? And so we all have bubbles. We're all in bubbles to some degree. And so, um, you know, we got to, you know, we got to pop those bubbles at times. And I, I believe that relationships can help with that um, and just kind of get us out of just our own homogenized way of thinking and environment. So um, I, I really believe this. Uh, how do you pop bubbles? Well, I would define it this way to actively engage in diverse environments, activities, and people groups. All right, I'm not, I'm not getting into a whole discussion on culture and everything and our job as a church and our job as Christians to really intentionally do this kind of stuff. I really believe that it is important. So, so the question is, you know, what's the importance? The importance is just, um, I think it just, it can broaden our view of things it can, it can bring some excitement to our life, you know? Um, and it can give us an ability to engage with all kinds of people, right? All kinds of people, um, you know? I, and so um, it, is, it is important when we see um, how Jesus interacted and engaged with people that, his own people, the Jewish people, were bothered by uh, because of religious tradition and all kinds of things. Um, and then you even see kind of, even the people God called, they're, they're just the, di the diversity of their experience was pretty 
amazing when you think about it. Moses, a Jew, raised in the wisdom of the Egyptians. You know what I like that? That is like polar opposite. But that was part of his process to to be the deliverer God called him to be. All right. And so then you got Paul, who uh, was obviously um, a Pharisee, part of the Sanhedrin, Jewish religious um, community. And then he was also a Roman citizen. I mean, the man was had this diversity about him. And so, amen to that. All right, so here we go. John chapter 15, verse 15. Uh, no longer, this is Jesus talking about his disciples and about us. Uh, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So Jesus calls us friends. Jesus, um, Savior, Lord, Master, all-knowing, always was, is, always will be, um, born of a virgin, in a sense, divinity, the divine, put on human skin and was walked the earth as a man. And he calls us friends, all right? And so um, the word friend in the Greek is the word um, philos, or phylos. It's where you get the word, um, a word that really also can mean love. And we, in the scripture, this word, a derivative of this word is used as love, and it's speaking of friendship love. It's where you get the word Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia and all the connotation of love. It's a Greek word, philos love, friendship love, brotherly love. So it's, it's, it, this type of love is, is someone um, dearly loved, prized in a personal, intimate way, a trusted confidant, held dear in a close bond of personal affection. So this is like a, a kind of, there's emotion here, there's affection. It's a friend. And Jesus calls us that. It's not that he just loves us unconditionally, right? Um, agape, which is agape, but this is philos or phylos. It's that we're his friend. He's, he, we are dear to him. There's affection. We are, um, in a sense, prized by him, all right? It's intimate. Um, it's, it's speaking of um, experience-based love, like there's this interaction um, there's this, you know, anybody got a friend out there like this, where, man, where they're just dearly loved, right? It, convey, it conveys experiential, personal affection, okay? And so this is, this is how Jesus sees us. So then this is how we should see other, like we should, this is, should be part of our life that there are people in our life that we have affection for, like we love them. Right there is there is care and concern, and there's experiential personal affection. There is relationship here, right? All right, and so um, so important. It's the heart of God. It's the heart of God for us, and so it should be our heart for those around us, friends. It, it is it is so important. We have this. We we need phylos, and we need to be others 
people's phylos. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like we need these kinds of friends and we need to be this kind of friend. All right? That we experience life together. We, we do life together, right? And so here's the next question. Um, why should I develop relationships within and without my local church? Like, why is it so important to have relationships like that? Not, and I, we broke it down. Of course, why is it so important to have relationships with other believers? Yes, but I, we want to be a little bit more specific. Like with those in, uh, you know, your local church and, and some, some people like they, they literally are fed the word of God. Um, and, and they're really, they, they're really in a space where God is, has, has them part of our online community or just even just listening to the podcast. And it's like, man, they're getting fed and that is awesome. Right. But right in your locale, in your geography, just having friends that are believers, you know, it, it, why is that important? That's the question. Like, why is it important to have those types of friends? So let's answer this. So why is it important to have friends within just a local body um, and just, you know, and it's, it's, it's people. Why? It's because it's people you're literally doing life with week to week. Um, and it, it's so it's, it's just important. And so at times it's these relationships that keep us on track with God. And so, um, so serving, serving in church is never the end all be all answer. Like volunteering, that I, I love, I love that. We're, we're 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 real in a sense as a local church. We're really big about that. Like we're always encouraged and encouraging people to to serve on our team. To, you know, obviously it helps and it and it kind of prepares us to grow as a church, right? It kind of lends to growth is when 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 people serve in a community it just it's it's really it kind of prepares for growth and it kind of in a sense it can, can kind of lead to growing as a as a local church right serving and it is good for the individual just to serve to you know just we can't we can go on and on about serving but i want to say this in light of relationships like serving alone like just putting your hand to something and volunteering is never just like the answer to everything um because that's just not god's heart for us he doesn't just want us to work for him he wants to be in a relationship with us he wants us in a relationship with him and god just doesn't want you to work at a local church he wants you to be in a relationship with people in that local church right so so serving without a relationship with people it just doesn't last or it just lacks something like it like you know um and I get it. You can find relationship through serving. You can develop relationship through serving. But but there are times that I've witnessed this as a pastor that some people, for whatever reason, they get into a mode, into a rhythm where they literally attend church to serve and you don't see them unless they're serving, right? And I'm not throwing shade or hating on anybody. I'm, I'm really not. I'm just saying, like, hmm, I wonder, you know, I've thought about, like, I wonder what that is. Maybe they need to transition somewhere where they're in relationship. I mean, not that I would want that to happen as a pastor. You like, you want everybody to, to kind of be a part and, and stay engaged. But if like, and for whatever reason, um, it's like they, it's like we can get in a habit of fulfilling a, a, a religious obligation of doing a task or working in a service, but not really connecting to the people. And 
There can be various reasons as to why that is. But regardless of the reason why, that's that's just not God's best. That's not God's way. Like that 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 can be very void of meaning and 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 fulfillment if all my whole connection to my church is I volunteer. And um we need to kind of you know um evaluate that if you will can i get an amen somebody if, if that's the case and you know and relationships are glue they're like glue and they they can help us in our journey with god we, we can't be it's not that relationships with with christians and relationships with people in my local church are the answer of my absolute following jesus and without them i'm going to fall away um because that's just not true because there are going to be moments where you're going to have to o obey God and walk with him when you feel like, you know, in that moment, it's, it, I got to just depend on the Lord and I got to be obedient. And, and, and so there are going to be moments and seasons like that, but there are going to be moments and seasons where the people you're connected to are literally what God uses to keep you heading in the right direction to keep you walking with God, to keep you in the will of God, to keep you on course with the call of God. Um, my life and history with God is riddled with moments of people helping me in my walk with God and keeping me on track with what God's called me to do. All right? And so also, it's very important that we have relationships with other believers, with those outside of our local church. It's so important because sometimes in a local church, I'm a pastor, I love the local church, but sometimes in a local church, if if that's if that's like communicated or preached or man and it's like this weird thing like you know um that it's like overemphasized having relationships at this church and being at this church and a part of this church and living for the vision and mission of this church and it's like man um that that can get that can get a little out of balance and weird uh, as a pastor of a local church I encourage everybody in my local church to have relationships with people outside of this local church, people of other churches, and even checking out other churches and being a part of gatherings outside of Hopeland. Please do that. Why? And because I'm a I'm a believer in it. I, I I love to fellowship and hang out with people that aren't in my local church. It's just there's something about it that can be very refreshing and very healthy, just once again, it's like you're diversifying the thing. Like I got a local church, I'm gonna be here on Sunday, I'm a preacher on Sunday. You got people here that are so faithful to Hopeland, but I'm like, man, y'all need, need some friends outside of here and just activity outside of here. It can't just be this one thing. I just think that that can just get a little weird. The church is bigger than our local church and the body of Christ is bigger than this local body. And we need to fellowship and connect and kind of get out, get out of the building, just, you know, and so it can be very refreshing to have relationships with other believers outside your immediate church family. I mean, it's just, it's healthy and it can be refreshing. You know, all positives with that. You know what I mean? All positives, I believe, and, and with all my heart. Check this out. Acts chapter 10, verse 24. This is when Peter went to Cornelius' house. They all got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, prophesied. You know, the Spirit of God moved and God was touching the Gentiles. Beautiful thing happened. They both had a vision. God spoke to them. He goes to his house, all that. But I just wanted to draw out this one verse. I thought this was really fascinating 
in light of talking about relationships, but Acts chapter 10, verse 24, and the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and his close friends. So Cornelius is like, man, this Jewish dude is about to roll up in here and, 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 and God is going to do something. And he's like, I'm gonna bring my relatives and my close friends. So Cornelius like kind of led this gathering and brought his family and his friends and literally brought them into a space where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, power of God's moving. And we always talk about Cornelius. We always talk about Peter and Cornelius, but think about this, man. This dude intentionally said, man, I'm gonna bring my people up in here and, and we're gonna encounter God. We're gonna, we're gonna hear from this man of God and man, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And this was pivotal in the early church, right? Um, and so Cornelius invited his family and friends to a gathering, man, and they encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, man, this is, this is so beautiful. It's so important, like, that we do this thing of walking with Jesus and God and that we do it with people, all right? And so here's the next one. How do I develop relationships with people in my local church? Like, how do I develop relationships with them? I know some people are real outgoing. They can just be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? My name's da da And I get it. Just they're, you know, and they can kind of kickstart that. Other people, personalities are like, yeah, I'm not trying to talk to anybody. I don't know these people. You know, I, I like the church, but it's like, you know, I, got, I, need, I need my time. And that, that's great. But just, just some practical things that, you know, um, some things just to develop is, and I know this sounds super practical, but sometimes I, I think these, these things can help us. Okay. These things can really help us. If, if you got people in church and they're like, man, they're like kind of struggling with connecting with people maybe. And so if you feel called to be in that local church and you're like, man, this is my, this is my place right here in this season of my life. This is where God wants me. I'm getting fed. I'm getting ministered to presence of God is here, like I, I, I'm, I'm liking this place, right? So practically, what are some things? Show up, show up when the doors are open. I mean, that's practical, but just show up. Um, come early, come early, come early. All right, and I know sometimes coming early can be a little awkward because you're like, you're just gonna go find a seat and sit down. But sometimes, I know it sounds practical, but come early, hang out after. Find a place to kick it, hang out after. Um, just practical things to, to, to start, kickstart relations with people is, is, is attend a group, any kind of small group setting, um, that can, you know, you can kind of feel it out, get to know people, attend a group. Like I, we were talking about before, start serving. Um, sometimes serving isn't about serving alone for you and your journey with God. It could be very well a way to connect with people. Like it's just an avenue to get to know people an avenue to kind of just feel it out, you know? Sometimes serving is just that place that, because there's this responsibility, this task of doing something that can kind of take help with the awkwardness of connecting with new people in a church. And then also just way to develop relationships with people in church is kind of kick it with them outside of church. I think me and my friends, when we first got saved as teenagers, man, I mean, we pretty much did that a lot. We had like this crew of people our age, just kind of teenagers, young adults, and we really hung out and kicked 
kicked it together outside of church and that just really, really just, we loved it and enjoyed it. It was part of what we did as young people anyway, but it really just created this real dope environment for our own spiritual growth, even if we were just hanging out. So yeah, make an effort to take a step towards others in your local church environment in developing relationships with them. All right, folks, we got one more question. Here it is. Here it is. It's kind of a statement, then a question. We'll talk about this. I love God, but church has been a hurtful place for me. How do I get connected to others in a place like church that I'm leery of? Well, I would say this. Um, It's not in my notes, but I'm going to say it, okay? I'm just going to say this because I just feel my spirit, my heart to say this, is, you know, keep pursuing Jesus and, and work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know what I mean? Like keep following him, right? Whatever that means, Bible reading, praying, all the things, like just keep doing that, all right? And maybe in church because of the, because of the, negative effects or impacts had on you that would that has that has affected you in the present from your past in church you know what take your time take your time okay don't take forever but take your time meaning you don't have to just rush into something and try to be you know just the whatever the super super servant whatever in your church or just all super involved like sometimes when people like have this kind of uh, sharp turn, like they're still processing, but they're like, they just want to engage and be and do. And it's like, they're moving quicker than their ability to heal. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then it's like a short fuse. It's like, it's like, it's not a slow burn, you know, over time. It's just like, you know, it's like you light a rocket, you know, like a, you know, like a, a firework, you know, it's like, psh, and it's gone, fizzles out. And so I would say sometimes it's so important to take your time and just process and just stay faithful to the Lord. And, and maybe right now in a season, you're just, you're just like kind of attending and worshiping and, and you know what I mean? And like, man, this is my church, but you know, I'm gonna take my time. And I, I, I really believe that that is so important that you don't have to feel like you have to be all up in the mix and doing doing all the things right away, like doing too much. Don't do don't do too much too fast. It, what's the you know don't you don't have to prove anything, and and so there we go. That that's just in my heart and my spirit for somebody out there today. But here we go. Um, just a, some of this is a reminder. But I'm going to read the question again. Okay, um, I, I love God, but church has been a hurtful place for me. How do I get connected to others? Right in a place I'm, I'm a little leery of. I'm like, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't want this to happen again. Um, just as a reminder, right? Your faith is not in the church. It's not in the, um, in the body of believers, nor is it in the organization. The organization meaning whatever that local church organ, that, that's not where your faith is. So let's get that clear. Your faith is not in the people. It's not in the pastor. It's not in that church. It's not in that, that, that brand of church. That church is not your savior. That pastor is not your savior. Those people are not your savior. I know we know all this as believers, but as a reminder, hey, that, that's kind of liberating to just think about. Okay, cool. So these people are just people at the end of the day and, and they're gonna mess up and they're gonna do wrong somewhere, somehow they are just human. 
And so we need to learn to accept that and be like, you know what, I'm here to worship God and, and get in a relationship with people and stuff. But but as a reminder, like, you know, our faith is not in the church because if our faith is in the church, our faith is in man. And that is that is idolatry. Can I get an amen? So being, being hurt, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to encourage you. Being hurt in and by the church can be an amazing learning experience and an opportunity for spiritual growth um, because people are going to hurt you in some way. And this can be an amazing um, opportunity to learn and develop spiritually. Okay, um, you know, because God's intention is never that hurt gets you out of God, out of the will of God and disobedient to God and living back in sin again. That is never God's intention, right? But God will do something in you if you let him when you go through the pain and the hurt of things that have happened to you in the church and through people. And so how can that be? Um, how can that be an amazing growth opportunity and an amazing learning experience it's because when you look back and here you are now processing all of what you've been through you can have a more clear picture of what is authentically healthy you you know now by experience that doing it that way is not healthy right um whatever it is that hurts you in church you can say hmm, i'm gonna be a better part of the body now because I know what isn't healthy and I'm not going to repeat that nor am I going to subject myself to something that is so wrong and unhealthy can I get an amen so through pain through pain in God you can move forward all the more wise okay and it's liberating this is liberating I'm speaking from experience it is liberating to now be able to process something in church Right and, and in the church environment, within relationships with, with church leadership and the way church is done and all that, it is liberating to be able to look at look at how things are done, methods. And I'm not speaking of the word of God and the scripture and the Holy Spirit and, and, and what we consider non-negotiables, right? I'm speaking of just a method and way of leadership, right? That, that it's liberating to be able to look at something and go, okay, I, I'm not gonna be under that. I, I, that is not of God. That, that That's abusive or manipulative or whatever. It's liberating to be able to look at something, um, even in a church context, and say, you know what? I don't have to receive that, and but I will receive this. I can I, I can look at something and say, man, I'm going to receive this, but I'm, I'm going to throw that away. I'm not going to eat the, the, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to chew the meat and spit out the bones. And sometimes those bones are literally an environment you choose not to go into anymore. You know, can I get an amen? It's liberating. It's, 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 it's maturity to be able to decipher and say, no, nah, not, not for me. That is not for me. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm going to do this over here. I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of a community that operates like this. That, that, that's a beautiful thing. That's liberating. You don't have to, just because something is done in church doesn't mean you have to subject yourself to it. Uh, because it's in a religious environment, it doesn't mean that everything done by people there is holy and perfect and, and, and of God. Can I get an amen, right? And so when you come into a community and you feel like, man, this is my church, then you're, you kind of, you know, you, you're, you're a part of it. You're, you're, you, you feel like, man, I could be a part of what's going on here. Amen. But that place you came out of, you don't have to be. You can move on. And not move out of God's will, but move on with God. Not move out of uh, God's plan for your life, but just move on from where the place you were before. 
Can I get an amen? All right. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to read this one more verse and I'm going to let you guys go. Acts chapter 9, verse 26 to 30. Here we go. I'm going to read it quickly. Acts 9, verse 26 to 30. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Verse 28, so he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus, okay? Um, and here you go. We got, uh, we're looking, we're kind of talking about church hurt here, but we're talking about Paul here, the apostle, man, his first experience with the, with the church in the known world. This was the church at the point, at this point. And, um, Paul is rejected by them. They don't believe him, right? And so there's an opportunity. He could have just left right there. Forget this. Man, I've genuinely encountered Jesus. I have a relationship with him. I'm walking with him. Man, I'm changed. I want to preach the gospel. And the church was like, man, get him out of here. We don't, we don't want him up in here. We don't believe him. He's going he's to terrorize us. And then Barnabas comes in. His name means son of encouragement. And he advocates for him. He gets up in there. He co-signs him. And then they receive him, right? And so look at the importance of relationship. But also look at that Paul here, man. He did not allow the church's wrong view of him the church's rejection of him to, he didn't give them the power to get him out of God's will for his life. So your relationship with Jesus must be what ultimately drives you, all right? You must have a personal sense of calling or people and their humanity will take you out of the will of God, okay? You must, you must be driven to serve Christ personally, and you must be driven by his divine love in you. This is what we see in Paul. This is what we see in the apostle Paul. Church hurt is real. The man was hurt right there from the jaw. They're like, not him. We don't want him. Okay. So that's why it's so important to have friends because um, he had a friend and that friend advocated for him. He had a friend. He's so important. So I want you to be encouraged today. Have a personal drive to serve Christ alone or people in their humanity and the devil himself will take you out of the will of God. All right. And be driven by a love for people, the love of Christ within you. I love you guys. God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.